Welcome to the Sales Management Podcast, your source for actionable sales management strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Coach CRM co-founder, Corey Bray. No long intros, no long ads. Let's go. Today, we're going to talk about coaching demos. Demo could be a product demonstration. If you're a software company, it could be a slide presentation. If you sell a service that's not a physical product, or if it is a physical product, it could be something that you pull out of a briefcase or off a truck to show your prospects. Before I jump in, if you haven't seen it, the most hilarious product demo ever is the Turbo Encabulator, E-N-C-A-B-U-L-A-T-O-R, Turbo Encabulator, and then there's a subsequent one called the Retro Encabulator. Watch these YouTube videos. It's going to change your life. That's how not to demo, but that's pretty funny because you think of all these demos you see today and you're like, oh, wow, demos are so bad these days. The original Turbo Encabulator demo, I think, was done in the 60s. It might have been done in the 50s. Bad demos have been around forever. Today, let's talk about how to coach them and make them better. We're not going to go deep into how to coach or coaching frameworks today. We've covered that in previous episodes. The first episode of this podcast was on how to coach salespeople with a coaching framework. So if you want to go back and touch up on that, be my guest. The thing I want to point out today as it relates to that, though, is that when we're coaching, we want to focus on coaching one thing at a time. If you've got a super high performer that can handle more than one thing and they're accountable to it and they're not going to let things slip through the cracks and they've demonstrated that they can do that, it's okay to coach more than one thing at a time. But as a general rule, as guidance, focus on coaching one thing at a time. And the, that becomes challenging in demos because there might be lots of things that are off. So when we think about how to address that situation, what, what if we create a backlog? What if we go and look at the demo and we write down all the things that we don't like? This is off. This is off. That's off. Oh man, that's off. And put some good things in there too. But with the negatives, make a long list. And then we look at that list and we start looking for a root cause. Is there something, is there one thing in that demo, in that long list, or maybe something that can be consolidated into one item that maybe there's a lot of commonalities that if we fix that one thing, it's going to have a big impact. That's what we want to look for. And then take that one item and apply your coaching framework to it. And I'm going to say something that'll get some of you shaking your head. The first thing I look at when I start figuring out where to coach in a demo, and that's talk time. Now think about it. Football. In a game of football, the team that runs the most plays, the team that has the greatest time of possession, all else equal, they're set up to win. Now, there's, there's lots of variables here. There's their defense, the other team's defense, all those types of things. But in a world where a football team could choose to have a longer time of possession or a shorter time of possession, they would choose to have the ball more often than not. In fishing, the more cast you make, the greater the probability you have to catch the fish especially in a bass tournament, well, bass in the, uh, in the mornings and the evenings, they're hanging around the edge of the lake. So the more time that your lure spends right there on the edge of the lake by that log, by that structure, by that down tree, the higher probability you have to catch that big fish that's hanging out over there. And then when it comes to prospecting, cold calling, all else equal again, the number of dials that you make with a consistent quality, the more dials you make, the higher probability that you're going to get connections higher probability that you're going to get booked meetings and build quality pipeline. So that's all given quality of activity. These are the types of metrics that drive results. Football teams having long times of possession, 
fishermen having lots of casts and, and cold calling, making more dials as long as that, that quality bar is met. And when we think about talk time and demos, it's not about how much time the seller talks. That's what it looks like on the surface. What I'm really seeing though, is how much information is gathered from the prospect. That's the value. The value isn't in less seller talking. The value is more information from the prospect because that's what we're going to use to create velocity in the sales process. The goal is to win a deal. The goal is not to show them everything that we built and how proud we are of our product management and engineering organizations in a software business. The goal is to get what we need out of that conversation to either move the deal forward so we can help the prospect solve a real problem or disqualify. Going back to the quality piece, if everything the prospect says is fluff, then that's not going to help. That's like having a, a long time of possession and then not, not scoring first downs. But the quality can be adjusted because if, if we're not getting good information from the prospect, we can change the questions. We can change the, the way that we ask the questions, the type of the questions. So I think when, when looking at demos, keep this in mind, I, I've seen so many salespeople that have 80 to 85% talk times on demos. It's a presentation. It's like they're giving a keynote speech up on stage, but they're in their spare bedroom in front of one person. And that just, that doesn't, that doesn't work. So the, the thing I've seen work best on demos is if you can get the talk time under 50%, oh man, magic happens. They start telling you all kinds of stuff. If you're shaking your head saying, I don't know how that happens. We'll get to that in a second. Let's touch on the framework that we use for engaging demos. This is something that Hillman and I developed with our uh, sales training company, Closed Loop. It's called the SHARE framework. SHARE stands for simple, highlight, acute, relevant, and engaging. Simple demos use common language. They don't use a ton of acronyms or buzzwords that people don't understand. If your prospects have demonstrated that they understand the acronyms and buzzwords, by all means, use them. But we're not trying to intimidate or confuse or impress folks with our language. Simple language, especially in group demos, helps create a broader, a better chance that people are going to understand what's going on because you don't want people lost. So that's the, the simple piece. Highlight highlight your winning zone. Where are you uni uniquely positioned to win against the competition? This is a competitive sales process, which many are. Spend the time in the places where you're uniquely positioned to win. The A stands for acute. Acutely focus on the pain that's already been uncovered. When coaching demos, we often find that people show features where there has been no pain uncovered. Salesperson sitting there hoping the prospect's going to like it. Oh, hey, I got something that I think you're really going to like. They hope. They show. What do you think? Well, that's cool. Okay, move on. It's okay to, to have a feature where we haven't uncovered pain yet, but we can ask a pain-based discovery question right there and then show the feature. The R stands for relevant, relevant to the organization, relevant to the person. If you're demoing an executive, don't go into admin. I mean, you can, if you, if you ask, Hey, I probably don't want to see admin, right? Ask a nice little disqualifying question there. Or if you've got a administrator who is simply charged with setting things up and doing something on a day-to-day -day basis deep into the software, then showing executive dashboards and talking about creating presentations out of that might not be the place to focus. But again, you can ask to confirm whether it's relevant or not, but showing things that aren't relevant are a great way to lose the audience. And then finally, the E stands for engaging. This is where we get that talk time down, or like I said, the prospect delivery of information rates up, asking questions that drive long responses, asking questions that start with words like what and how, how would something like this impact your business? What are you seeing here that's different than your current state? Think about how those types of questions compare against. So do you think this would be useful? You might get a yes. You might get a no. You might get a grunt or you might get them to elaborate, but you're leaving the elaboration to chance. 
Whereas if you're asking questions that start with what or how, you're driving that elaboration. And then finally, there's there's some other, there's some more specific, I'll give you one, one specific tactic. So lots of companies have dashboards that they demo and they're often very proud of them. And I'll see time and time again, the salesperson goes in there. Oh, they're ready. Hey, this is our dashboard, man. This is, this is going to be great. Hey, I think you're really going to like this. And then they talk for four minutes explaining every little nuance of the dashboard. Here's what the filters do. Here's what the charts do. Here's what the graphs do. Oh, let me show you this one too. And then ask a yes or no question at the end. What do you think? Do you think this would be useful? Something that the prospect could answer with a yes or a no. Well, the funny thing is that person that you're selling to has probably been using dashboards since the nineties because dashboards are not new. Your dashboard might be fancy, might be fancier than the last one that they saw, but it's dashboard at the end of the day. Instead, and try this try this tactic out as you're coaching your team. It's, it's really interesting. You show the dashboard up on the screen and you say, hey, prospect, when I flip this up on the screen, what jumps out at you? What's happening in this moment? What do you think the prospect's doing when you say, what jumps out at you? Their eyes are going to glaze. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to pick something on the screen and they're probably going to ask a question about it or make an observation. And oftentimes that thing that they pick, what they zero in on, could be the most important thing to them. And we could get them to talk about it. We get them to elaborate. That talk time shifts from 80 to 85% down to 50%, maybe even lower. So that's just one example of how we can use those engaging questions, either the what or how questions throughout the demo or something like that. So that th- these are just some specific tactics to think through as you're coaching your team. Because if there is, if all the questions that they're asking could be answered with a yes, no, or a grunt, that's it's not going to take you very far. So zooming out a little bit from the specific demo tactics, we want to recognize that the demo is a meeting and there are elements of successful meetings at both the top and the bottom where you cover logistics, you cover agendas at the top of the meeting, preview what next steps could be, and then save plenty of time at the end. I'll constantly see 60 minute demos and at 59 minutes say, Hey, Hey, there's one more thing I wanted to show you. Do you have a hard stop? Well, we just shot ourselves in the foot because we should have saved 10 minutes at the end to maybe receive some objections, talk about next steps, figure out who should be involved in the next part of the process, set the agenda for the next meeting, and then paint a picture of what the future looks like. But we didn't. We wanted to show stuff, see what they think. Demos are part of a meeting. And if that meeting starts with good fundamentals, set the logistics, how much time we have, who's intended, set the agenda, what they want to cover, what you want to cover. If you've got new people, get permission, ask questions, preview what next steps could be, and then do the same thing at the end then the actual showing of the product or service happens in the middle. So just making sure that happens, because that's that's where a lot of demos go to stall, is that either that doesn't happen or you get to the end of the meeting and start trying to pin them down on the next step. And there's a bunch of stakeholders in the room and you're asking them to come back to you, whereas logical and fair next step might be to circle back with the one person that that brought you into the process in the beginning, your champion or whoever that is. So that's that's something to look at. You've got a sales methodology hopefully rolled out your company that that accounts for this. So apply that and ensure that the showing of the product doesn't overshadow the execution of the sales process and the sales methodology. So as we coach demos, there's a lot of different types. There are short demos. These are things you might do at a trade show. 30 seconds, show them one thing, see if you can find some pain and create velocity into an offline conversation after the show. Because if you sit there and spend 10 minutes with somebody, that means that was that was nine minutes and 30 seconds that other folks walked by and you did not engage with. So you're putting all your eggs in this one basket. So short demos for the trade show, medium demos for a disco demo, a combination discovery call demo. A lot of you can do these because you've got something that's pretty simple. You've got a web app that has buttons and pretty easy to use. 
Yeah, do some discovery, find some pain, flip it up, ask some more questions, continue discovery with a visual backdrop. That can be a great approach. If you're selling a very involved ERP system or something that's super heavyweight, that's probably not a good idea. And the, the person that's buying from you isn't accustomed to it. But if they're accustomed to buying web apps that can easily be demoed, it could break rapport if, if you don't show them anything, especially if all your competitors are showing. So I'm not here to say you should or shouldn't demo in any specific meeting, but having a medium length demo is important, even if it's, if it's something that happens later in the process with an executive, for example. Then we've got long demos and super long demos. So long could be a complete demo of the product or service. Super long could be something that's more complex, run some more use cases, potentially stakeholders come and go. This is where, again, heavyweight ERP systems and things like this, where different stakeholders care about different parts of the product. Having that super long demo really tied in and understanding how it's orchestrated, who sees what, how's that tied to pain that was already uncovered? That's that acute piece of the share framework and ensuring that even though it's super long and there's lots to cover, it stays engaging. From a stakeholder standpoint, there's demos with single stakeholders and multiple stakeholders. And if someone's sitting there and they're not talking, they're not engaged, saying their name, hey, Kristen, I'm curious if anything here resonates with you based on what you're telling me earlier about XYZ. Using their name and, and building upon something they said before. So you're not just calling them out and say, hey, Kristen, what do you think? Maybe you'll get something from that. But this is where if you're a complete master of the product and you have a thorough understanding of what you've already uncovered during discovery, you can pull those questions up and do it pretty confidently. Whereas if it's show and tell mode, you're pressing play on the demo. I say press play because it's, it's like a movie. It's like a script that you're just, you're just running through a player piano, if you will, the only kind of piano I know how to play. That's tough, especially if this multi-stakeholder demo involves people from different departments or that have different use cases. And that, that default means that at certain points, they're not going to be engaged because they don't care. So knowing who cares about which part, that's critical. And then finally, you've got a, a broad bucket that could range from somebody having a formal demo scorecard to an RFP where they've already determined capabilities. Maybe they got this from a Gartner Magic Quadrant or something like that. The best salespeople ask for that. So are you in an RFP? Are you in a demo environment where they have a scorecard? Have your salespeople asked to see the scorecard? Have they asked the right person? Have they done it in a way that doesn't break rapport? Are you frustrated right now? Cause you don't know something to figure out if, if they've got a scorecard, sometimes they'll share it with you. Sometimes they won't, but guess when they won't, they won't share it with you if you don't ask. And if your team's not asking and the competition is, what's that do to your deal? All right. A couple other types of demos and we're going to wrap. This thing's not super long. I mean, I, I think we're, we're covering a lot of dense information here today. I want to, I want to talk about whiteboard demos and reverse demos. A whiteboard demo is where there's no slide, there's no product, there's just a whiteboard. And the person on your team goes up and they draw on the whiteboard while talking how you solve specific problems for specific people with specific product features. For example, if you've got a dashboard that shows performance over time, they could draw that chart, draw that chart and say something like a lot of, a lot of folks are anxious that they're, they don't have any insight into performance over time and how that relates to coaching activity. Here's our approach. And then we draw a chart that shows one line over time that's quota attainment and one line over time that's coaching activity. And now we can start to show how coaching activities correlated with performance over time. That's an example of something I do with coach CRM whiteboard demos and being able to do it without having the computer in front of you shows that you actually understand what problem you're solving and you actually understand how you're doing it. And then obviously having the computer in front of you makes it look nicer. So that is the, uh, 
That's the ultimate goal. So if the team can whiteboard demo, that, that demonstrates mastery. It's also great if you're in a conference room and you want to work on making something very applicable to the prospect. Get up there together, stand side by side. One of the things I always say is move the selling conversation from a position where you're sitting across from them in more of a contentious posture to where you're sitting next to each other, problem solving. There's no better place to problem solve than on the whiteboard. All right. And then the last type of demo. Oh, I love this one. This is such a great one. Can you guess what it is? It's the reverse demo. It's where they show you what they're doing today. Maybe they have a different supplier. Maybe they're doing something in spreadsheets. Maybe they're doing something manually. Have them show you what they're doing today. Because if if you can show them what you're doing after they show you what they're doing, they can't unsee that. They can't unsee that they're unable to accomplish the things that are causing them this pain today. But with yours, click of a button, it's done. They can't unsee that. That helps drive velocity. Plus, if they've got an incumbent and you're selling against the incumbent, it gives you so much insight into what that incumbent solution is is doing for them today. I just, I love this. People are people are often very open about this. And, and again, I, I imagine a lot of you are selling against home-built incumbent solutions, spreadsheets or something like that, a business process that you're trying to automate or modernize. See what they're doing today. That's some of the best discovery that you can possibly do. And it's, it's, it's topics like this that take the demo from a meeting, a single meeting, to where it might be several meetings. Maybe you do a quick discovery and demo with one person. You want to understand what they're doing today. So you do a reverse demo with a person that knows that really well. Maybe a prep demo with your champion or the person that's most likely to drive this deal forward. And then a group demo, which you might've done discovery with each individual attending the group demo for 15 or 30 minutes before. It's a lot, but look at your calendar. Look at your team's calendar. I don't know you. I don't know your team. I know salespeople. I know sales managers. And when I ask a sales manager, to pull up someone's calendar, what do you think I usually see? I see a bunch of blank space, bunch of white space. So instead of having that one demo that's coming up two weeks from now, what if we did a reverse demo? What if we did a little more discovery with a couple more stakeholders to really tailor that to them? And that's how you, that's how you position it. Hey, I want to make this really relevant to you. Is it okay if we spend a little bit of time learning a little bit more about how your world works and, and what you'd want to see in the demo? And there we go. Well, hopefully today I gave you some ideas around how you can coach demos across your sales team. It's, it's pretty complex because you can't just push play on a demo. You know, when it comes to discovery, there's usually a, a small set of pain points that you solve for a small set of people in a small set of markets, relatively speaking at least, and can come up with a go, no-go a little more mechanically. Demos are more complex. There's a lot more going on. And if we think about what we talked through today, there might be some opportunities to improve how they're coached. Well, that's it. As always, I'm Corey Bray, co-founder of Coach CRM author of The Five Secrets of a Sales Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, first 20 people to email me, free stuff at coachcrm.com, free stuff at coachcrm.com. I'll send you a copy of The Five Secrets of a Sales Coach, our book on sales coaching. And with that, I will see you next time. Thank you.